prophetic and practical informative and inspirational how you gonna do better if you don't know what better looks like I do come on let's talk about it with me the mind massager blessed in the field hallelujah I'm not gonna waste my time with tears because I read the word where I said we've been made endure for a night but y'all y'all watch me I feel like preaching coming in the morning I will not waste my time with garbage and mess. No, I won't. But break, I'll always serve for God I live and for God I'll die. Hallelujah. I waited patiently. Sandra, they talked about me, but I wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. I will die. Anybody been down? I'm trying to search the crowd. Is there anybody been down and out? Down. Look at somebody and say, I may not look like it, but I've been down. 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 Where folk were whistling about me. Down. Where they made fun of me. But what they didn't understand, I was waiting and I was watching. Hallelujah. Because one thing about being a waiter, I contacted Isaiah and Isaiah said, let me tell them, they that wait, I'm looking for an exclusive club of they that wait. Grab your neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, I'm in that fraternity. I'm in that sorority. What's up? What it do? Time for another episode of the Intellectual Stew with yours truly, 
James Kirkland, and uh, we are on the Tuesday Flow Edition. And tonight we are pleased, we are uh, have been graced uh, with the presence of the one and only Bishop Dr. Charles E. Williams. Let's bring him in. Dr. Charles E. Williams, how you doing, sir? God bless you, Dr. Kirkland. I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. Man, you were closing that thing, Doc. <laughs> you, you, you that hey that's 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 vintage that's vintage i see uh, certain things i say vintage charles e because mm -hmm. i remember when we go back probably yeah, da, 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 26 27 years oh, yeah. so uh i remember uh vintage charles e i got I, I got some some of my favorites i got i can call a couple of i think the first one i ever heard you preach was a glance at grace I remember that. Uh, I remember when you came to uh, Atlanta that time and we took you over to Bishop uh, Morton's church and you murdered, uh, murdered with uh, a lesson learned from Lodabar. I remember that. Lodabar, feeble yes. chef. Because everybody at the table looked just alike when they sat down. I remember that. Yes, sir, I remember that. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Dr. Kirk, but I'm thankful and thank you for having me today. Man, no, I thank you for coming. I told you that um, that when I started this Tuesday night, uh, thing I wanted to start a trend, and I wanted that trend to start with you, and 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 I have my reasons for that, and we'll share those as the con conversation progresses tonight. But uh, I'm just uh, excited to have you on. I see Bishop Simpson is on tonight. I see uh Brittany Tanil McNeil is on tonight, and those uh, that are in the chat, if you would like to share this thread, I would really really appreciate it. Um, I was speaking with my pastor earlier today, Doctor. Uh, 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 Greg Sutton, and yes. I told him that you would be on tonight, and he said, man, you make sure you give him my regards. Yes, so, sir, I all he, agree. Yes, yeah, he told, me to, he told me to tell you, uh, told me to make sure he gave you his, uh, he gave you his regards. And uh, your other son, Ray Evans. Oh, uh, Ray yeah, Field that's Evans, my man. Yes, yeah, sir, he that's my he, man. I told him that you would be on, and uh, he shared it and, and challenged uh, some other preachers to get on as well uh, because I asked you a question this morning and I had a reason for asking that question. I asked you how long you've been preaching and you said 47 years. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you, you realize I'm only 49, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, man, so, been out for a long time. Kurt, so I've you been were, out here a while. So you started in 74? I started in 74. What did, what did the, how old were you then and what did the ministry look like in 1974? I was I was actually 19 years old. I was okay. actually 18, getting ready to turn 19. Okay. Yes, sir. And uh, and was that under Pastor Rash? That was under Simon Rash. Okay. That's correct. Now, so I, I I've seen what ministry has evolved into because a lot of people don't make sons anymore. You know, everybody want armor bearers now. You know yes. what I'm saying? And so what what everybody want they want somebody to carry the briefcase and you know, to make sure that I'm comfortable. And I, I don't have a problem with any of those things. But but there's a difference in being a son and being an armor bearer. You produce sons. Yeah. Uh, and I know that because I watch that because I'm, 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 although Bishop Robinson is my father in the ministry, you've still fathered me while yeah. I've been in the ministry. So I know you produce Thank sons. You. you have offspring all over the country. And I'm sure. So what did the training look like under Bishop, excuse me, under Pastor Rash? Well, it was it was it was pure ministry. We were not armor bearers. We were we were considered servant leaders. We were sons. We drove him. We 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 did whatever our hands or he asked us to do. 
we did it. And I say we because there was a group of us, including the late Keith Smith and okay. many others of us who served under Pastor Rash. And what, what were y'all's, what were your responsibilities to him? I mean, what, what, if you drove him, say, to preach a revival or something, what did it, I mean, because I, I watch how these young cats talk out of turn a lot and all that, you know, my daddy taught me a long time ago, you got two ears and one mouth to do yeah. twice as much listening as you do talking, you know wow. what I'm saying? So yeah. when you, when you, in the presence of Pastor Rash as a 19 year old young preacher and. And at that time, Keith had to be, what, 9 or 10, 10 or 11, yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, right. He's so, 10 years old. So y'all riding around, what did it look like in the car riding Pastor Rash from place to place for ministry? Well, Sammy Rash was, is an adamant reader. Okay. So majority of time, while we would be uh, giving him space for reading and studying, he was a, he's a prolific reader. And uh, Rash loved the laugh, of course. We didn't, we didn't gimmick, have games and gisting and stuff like that until after his preaching assignment was over. That okay. was understood. We okay. were strictly business, strictly spiritual, because he was on an assignment to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was no time for gisting and joking. Okay. okay. It was really serious. And, and I've watched Pastor Rash in Revival. I mean, he gives of himself fully and wholly you know what i mean so uh that 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 would require a lot of meditation because uh to, to to make yourself available for the people and he's such a patient preacher he's such a patient uh just just to watch it he's as smooth as he is so i can only imagine uh what it's like to write now did his leadership style leak on to you or did you develop your own leadership style well i'd have to say it, 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 it was his leadership style that inspired me, especially as a giver. Sammy okay. Rash uh, always has been a, a, a practical applicator. He okay. is practical, but he was down and he was churchable. He was uh, a man of sincerity, but he was churchable. He believed in, in participating with his membership as he ushered them into giving. Now, Kurt, I want you to know, back then, this man built a $350,000 church in the midst of a cotton field. Oh, wow. And, uh, and uh, it's, it was amazing to see it done because mm -hmm. in the old church, which he gave to me, and I say gave to me, he gave it to me and the congregation I was pastoring. Okay. And uh, when I say he gave it to me, he sold it to us for $27,000. Wow. Back in that day. And that was commendable. Anytime you had guys who were willing to make this sacrifice, and, and he did that because he loved me. And I've known him all, all my life because oh, wow. he and my brother's son quartet together. So okay. Rash was a, a, a constant visitor of my mother's home even before he became my pastor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you started preaching at 19. Yes, sir. What, when did you start pastoring? Uh, three months later. Three months later? Well, in Mississippi, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you went through that. Okay. I started because Rash didn't hold you. If you okay. said you were called to preach, I had to study because, you know, 
I was a little educated, so okay. I had to study and have myself together. And I want y'all to be clear. Let me be clear now. I know how to say educated, but I said educated. <laughs> yeah, we know you and, know how to say educated. Uh, and uh, so that was uh, a part of my my upbringing is I had to have something to say. I okay. begged God to give me something to say. Give me. Mm. I didn't want to be redundant, even though the gospel is redundant itself. But I didn't ever want to embarrass God in the pulpit. Wow. I was always adamant on what I said, how I said it, uh, because I, I owe God everything. And mm -hmm. to be called to preach was an honor for me, you know, because I, I love preaching. I love preaching the gospel. You love preaching and you love preachers. I mean, that's that's me. I mean, you that's that's evident. You 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 love preachers. I mean, uh, so you pastor you start pastoring in 1974. When did you come to Little Rock? 1992. You came to Little Rock in 1992. Okay, so I had graduated high school, had gone off to college. So you came in 92. I started preaching in 94. Mm -hmm. uh, so I remember. So tell me, what was that transition like when you came to Little Rock? I mean, because well, I remember I, I remember the story because I wasn't in the church scene like that back then. I grew up in a little small church in the East End. Then as soon as I graduated high school, I went straight to college in, in Pine Bluff. And then I, when I came back in 92, 93, God called me to preach in 94. So then I started getting in the church scene. But I had heard about you and I heard that, you know, you you, you came to paradise and they said they said you, you you dropped that house good. But then you got them when you sung dressing room. You said, Lord, I'm in my dressing room. Before they said, when you start singing all aboard, they said you, they, it wasn't a dry eye in the house. But yeah. tell me, Rito, how, how was that transition with coming it, to Little Rock? It was interesting because you got to understand, I was raised in the Mississippi Delta. Okay. Uh, around Cleveland, Greenville, Greenwood, all those areas. I was, I was, you know, brought up. But then... I had been called to a church in Jackson, Mississippi, Friendship Church okay. in Jackson, Mississippi, which was a notch up. I had left Cleveland at that time and had gone to, to, uh, to uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. When I got in Jackson, Mississippi, I had a fellowship with some buddies. You know how preachers go in fellowship with each other. And what we did is I was... Uh, uh, God said, you need to try Jerry Black left and go into Atlanta. Won't you try for Greater Paradise? I never thought about it. And mm -hmm. then one day, I picked up the phone and called the church. The late Avery Page answered the phone. i never forget. He answered the phone, and he was kind of upset because quite now they loved uh, Pastor Black. Of course. And the idea of me calling to ask to speak to the chair from Deacon Boy, that's where I did it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was led to do. And I and I talked to the chairman, Deacon Board, and before I submitted the resume, they had asked me to come preach. Okay. Yeah. And so you come the first time, and how does that how does that scene look? Tell me how that looks. Well, it was interesting because the house was jam packed. Okay. Uh, as you know, Pastor Black had just left. The crowd was there. There hadn't been a splitter group. They were they were there in the balcony. They were everywhere, okay. and that was an honor for me to come in and to, to to preach the gospel. And God, I just prayed God to prove who I am in him. That's what I asked him. I said, show these people who I am in you. Mm 
-hmm. And I came in, and I think I preached that thing about a wide vision through a narrow window. <laughs> and that was, back in that day, that was, that was one of my sticks. That was Joe. That's yes, right. sir. Yes, and, sir. And uh, uh, I, I preached, and the people accepted me. And uh, like I said, before I came now, that was a shoe-in. The guys that that say we're going to get to church, Jasper Williams had announced it at the national convention that uh, some people already had the church. And, what? And even though Jasper and I were tight now, he had already announced. I was there when he announced it. And, uh, and, and, he, and he knew you were up for the church? Yeah. He knew. Wow. So how, how many times did you preach before you actually got called to paradise? Twice. Only twice? Twice. That's all. Well, y'all you, old boys, so y'all, you, because you used to tell me, if you go more than twice, Kirk, you, I remember it was saying the churches want me to come back again. You'd be like, no, Kirk, don't go back. Don't, <laughs> they, they use it. See, y'all, that's what I'm trying to tell these young preachers. See, y'all don't understand the benefit. I got Bishop William Simpson on here. He's, he's, he's acknowledging that you were his that's pastor. My buddy. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. See, my these friend. young boys don't understand because we called our pastor, we called our big brothers in the ministry, we called older people to help us make good decisions when it came to going to churches. Because there wasn't a city, listen, young preachers, there wasn't a city that I could go to that I didn't tell Bishop Charles E. Williams I was going where he wouldn't call somebody and say, hey, I got a son on the way. Or if yeah. he tell me to put a resume in, Kurt, go get the... Now, I might have messed it up when I got there, not saying I did, but Ooh, he, he, he opened preacher. doors because he was, he was and has always been the friend of a preacher. Now, you came to Little Rock. You preached twice. You get called to the church. How does a how, how did the people receive you at that time? Did they receive you well? They did. They did. Okay. They received me well. However, that was a splinter group. Two or three ways split it. Okay. And, of course, people were leaving and following who they felt like they need to follow. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd come in and preached and was praying that the church would hold together and of course you know god blessed it it continued to grow then we had to split and mm -hmm. people were leaving going to the air other areas and god just blessed he, he did in spite of god bless yeah you've been god you've always been favored um because you mean the things i've watched you do and the favor that god has given you with with secular people, with uh, with millionaires and politicians and things of that nature, God has always given you favor, and I believe that He gives you favor. There's two types of power in the Greek. There's the exousias, and there's the dunamis. The dunamis yeah. is the dynamic power. That's the power to be able to do uh, wonders and speak mm -hmm. gifts. And you, I've seen you operate in the dunamis, but I've also seen you operate in the exousias, and yeah. the exousias deals with the authority. And one thing about Bishop Charles E. Williams, wherever he goes, he's going to walk with authority and he's going to let you know who he's walking with and who's walking in him. I remember one time we were in New Orleans and uh, we were at the conference and uh, we were, it was a doorway. Everybody was coming out and me and I was with Bishop that day and uh, it was only one way in. We would have had to walk a long way. This lady said, no, y'all can't come in this way. Bishop said, yes, we are. We coming in this door and we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we walked, we walked right up in that super dome, and I wouldn't have got in that room if it hadn't have been. And I'm, I'm saying that in gist, but that's the kind of authority that I've always watched you walk with. Now, coming to Little Rock, 
and looking at it in, res- in, in retrospect, because it's 2022 now, uh, you're older, wiser, uh, you've, you've been able to look, you, God has kind of treated you like Moses and let you, taken you up on the mountaintop and let you look back over. Do you see any mistakes or would you have done anything differently coming to Little Rock other than what you did? Man of God, I, it's strange how I was on assignment, but I was keeping my ear to the mouth of God that I might not make error and mistake. I wasn't worried about the morality thing. I was worried about the push that was going on in my back. The push that was bringing uh, the movement of of the anointing, charismatic movement, the shift. I I was on an assignment, a strange assignment, because I knew, I knew that I was coming on. I'm talking about this for full gospel. I knew God had assigned me to bring liberation to that church. Wow. And that means, you know, I got in a lot of trouble because of women preachers. I got in a lot of trouble because of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongue, evidence laying hands on the sick. They they were afraid. And and what, what God had to deal with me is that it's dangerous to give people the burning before you give them the learning. Mm. Oh. So I had to pump my brakes to oh, the wow. point of showing people biblically that I was right. The only hope I had was proving in the word of God that it's right. And then you had some traditional people wasn't going to accept it even if Jesus came and, and spoke it verbatim in their ear. They, they wow. were in tradition. And I want to tell you now, many preachers in this city, in Little Rock, fought me hand in teeth. They fought me. They were. They were in opposition against me, and and that that really traumatized me because, as you said, I've always been an advocate of preaching mm-hmm. because he said, love one another, and by this men will know that you are my disciples. Mm-hmm. I've always done it. I always believed in because Sam Ranch taught us to do that. He taught us that we had to love each other, and uh, that's what I was facing at that hour, was trying to feel and to know that God was with me. I had so much opposition though. So much. You bring you you introduced an interesting paradigm and one that I didn't think about. Um and now it, I mean it looks like neon I see the neon lights now that you mention it because like you said you came in ninety two. Uh I think full gospel started hitting strong towards the end of ninety three, ninety four. Yeah. You were already flowing in the gifts and prophesying and all that stuff. I remember Braggs was doing this thing over in the East End before he moved Trump and Zion. So he was flowing like that. Baptist folks wasn't supposed to do that, you know, because they were talking about the right. To, Paul Morton came with the whole right to choose. But you were already doing that and you weren't associated with anybody. And you're right. What people don't understand, many times they're afraid of. And because they're afraid of it, they try to kick it, kill it, or cage it. Oh, yeah. And so because of what you were offering and what you were presenting, people were going to try to assassinate you anyway. Oh, of course, of course, and that was the that was the troubling factor because I had some guys who were smiling in my face, but yet they were trying to undercut me, and uh, but I had to stay focused. I had to stay focused on God. People left by the groves. They 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 tried to stage a coup on me one Sunday morning, and I never will forget. 
And if I had not been authoritative, had not been strong, they would have overtaken me. But I remember when the girl came up and she said, I'm here to make an announcement uh, about a meeting. I, I said, now, wait a minute. I, I, I acted silly. I got a program. I said, now, your name Charles Williams? Mm. I, said, I said it in the morning service. I said, is your name Charles Williams? I said, because I, I think I'm the only person in this room that's named Charles E. Williams, pastor. And you don't have the right to call a meeting here. Not in wow. here. I said it open and I shamed her. I said, have her to sit down. Man, let me tell you something. They rallied, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to have a meeting. And then they had the deacons uh, poised to, to do that well. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I had some deacons that were strong. They helped their, their, help, their, help their guards. They were supportive because Black had taught them that. Dr. Black had taught them to, to trust their pastor, to believe in them. And I had to take these people back to tell them, I know what kind of congregation y'all are. This is not your nature to fight me. Not when I'm preaching nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Show me that I'm wrong. They couldn't do it. So people were leaving, fragments were leaving. And I'll be honest with you, they, they and, and I, I hate to say it, but since we're discussing it, uh, they told me initially when I came here that they had 70-some thousand in the bank. Everything was paid off, but they didn't tell me the truth. Wow. They, were, they had $3,000 in the bank. Nothing was paid off. The church was in, in a catastrophic way. Wow. Would you and have taken, had you, with that had you had that information? I don't think so. Because I had it made in Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. I was at one of the strongest churches in Jackson. Okay. You know, and, and uh, of course, you know, I wanted to come to a national church. Mm -hmm. And I knew Greater Paradise was a national church. I regretted that Pastor Black and I did not have the relationship that I felt like a former pastor and the, the, the pastor now, we never had it. We never had a, 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 a 15 minute conversation. Really? Never. To this day. And he organized that church, right? No. No, he, oh, he don't organize Greater Paradise? Okay. Okay. No, yeah. no, like I told you, I'm, I'm a little ignorant to some of church history as far as, because uh, I started so late, I didn't grow up. In yeah, the, he did. He didn't organize. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how long were you at Paradise? I was I know, there, you, I know well, Paradise is Paradise beginning, but it was but it was Covenant of Zion after you left because you changed the name from Paradise oh, to Covenant. Oh, yeah, I was led to do that. You were led to and, do the uh, I, like I said, I had people leaving, and uh, we were about to lose everything we had. They were bragging about we were going to lose. Mm -hmm. uh, they put that out, but God told me that He was going to bring Sheba was coming to Israel. Mm. And that he was going to send me help. I, I never forget the pastor that said, by this time tomorrow, I will send you help. Wow. And I tell you what, I prayed for a man's daddy. And God healed him. And that man and his daddy were good to me. Mm. And they came and they blessed the church phenomenally. Paid the church off. And was sending us finances every month. Really? You hear me, man of God? I totally oh, yeah. remodeled the church. And I they remember. Sending me finances every month. 
I was there. I remember. I mean, I, when I was coming in, every I was coming in. Because back then, because y'all, those that don't know Bishop Williams, Bishop Williams was is such a trailblazer. He was one of the first ones to do an 8 o'clock service. He was one of the first ones. <laughs> now, one of the biggest things he did, though, and that became national, and we use that, we, in Little Rock, they love to use that term national, but uh, <laughs> became known all over the country, was Bishop would do this thing called Gospel Bowl. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Doc. It was it would be Super Bowl Sunday. I, yes, I hated that because we got to we had to miss Super Bowl every year. Yes, but, uh, but but Super Bowl Sunday, he would bring in so many preachers from all oh, over the country. He would oh, have man. local preachers, and then he have national guys from Memphis and guys from Kansas City and guys from <laughs> Louisville and all yes. over the country. He would bring in, and somehow God would give him the uh, wherewithal to get the budget together to make sure everyone had flights and hotels and. You know, he makes sure that if, if you're preaching for me this evening, I'm going to have somewhere for you to preach in the morning. Because he didn't want you to leave empty-handed and all those no. kind of things. He wanted to make sure. Because one thing about Bishop Williams, he don't want to be embarrassed. He don't want you talking mm -hmm. about him nowhere in the country. So, right. <laughs> so he's going to make sure he, that you leave happy. Now, let me, let me say this. I grew up in Antioch Full Gospel Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. uh, Bishop and I met because... I can go ahead and say it. My ex-wife used to go to his church. So I would come over there trying to see her. And so the first time I came was an eight o'clock service. And I forgot, I forgot which one of my friends were preaching. Maybe it was Stevie Roberts. Somebody was preaching. And, uh, and I was sitting in the chair beside Bishop Williams. And he said, come preach for me next week. Didn't know my name. Didn't know nothing about me. Just tapped me on my hand, leg and said, come preach for me next week. I said, Okay. <laughs> and so then I came the next Sunday and I preached. And, you know, back then when we get ready to close, you know, we try to have our little word before we close. And I said, I said something like, well, I'm not a long winded preacher, so I'm going to go ahead and close. And then you hollered out, oh, but you will be. <laughs> and I, I never will forget that. You said, oh, but you will be because you are a friend. Hey, guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor. A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And so then I came the next Sunday and I preached. And, you know, back then when we get ready to close, you know, we try to have our little word before we close. And I said, I said something like, well, I'm not a long-winded preacher, so I'm going to go ahead and close. And then you hollered out, oh, but you will be. <laughs> and I, I never will forget that. You said, oh, but you will be. Because you are a friend to a preacher. And even though I wasn't a pastor, you embraced me. Even though you knew Bishop was my father in the ministry, you still embraced me as a son. And you, and even when I moved to Atlanta, all those things, you made sure that we maintained contact. You made sure that if I was going anywhere or needed to preach somewhere, you would always make sure I was preaching. You would always call me and say, Kirk, are you studying? 
Kirk, make sure you don't never stop writing sermons. Make sure you don't never stop thinking. Make sure you don't never stop doing these things. And you've always spoken to me like that. And so even when all of these national preachers and all of these, I don't like using the word national, but I say it anyway. All these national preachers and all these big time pastors and all this stuff. Doc, you put me on a plane, <laughs> flew me back to Arkansas. Even though I had family in Little Rock and I could have easily stayed with my family, you put me in the embassy suites. Yeah. You put me in the double tree. You put me in all these nice hotels because you said you wanted me to be comfortable. Yeah. And you said, I remember when you said, you said, Kirk, you might not be a pastor, but you have a pastor's heart. You got a pastor. And because of that, you treated yeah. me like that. Why? Well, because you've always been, and ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to know, this young man has always been assertive. He's always been kind, always been generous. I remember when I came to Atlanta, you know, I was country boy with mud on my shoes. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about Atlanta, but this man would take care of me when I came to Atlanta. You treated me so well, Doc. I cannot say enough of how kind you've been and how, and then ladies and gentlemen, this is a preacher. I've seen this young man put together sermons from scratch. I ain't talking about plagiarism. I ain't talking about what somebody else got. I'm talking about getting it from scratch. And doctor, that's impressive to me because that's always been my style. Mm -hmm. My style was I wanted to be, nobody's completely original because we, we preach a redundant gospel, mm -hmm. but at least I got to be creative enough to, to have my spontaneity has to be geared toward revelation and what God says to me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to have structure, and that was what I what I based my my ministry on. And then I've always been uh, politically inclined. Mm -hmm. Always been a politically inclined person. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, and 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 I've and I noticed that your preaching was the and and that's what attracted me to. You. I remember because uh, I can call a lot of your sermons, but I remember one time we came home for Easter, and uh, we came to your church, and you talked about the other side of Easter. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talked about the other side of the season. He said, man, like he said, Thomas said, I've, I've seen it. And that's, you know, that, that, that was so powerful. That was so powerful. And a lot of the messages you preach that, that have, have stuck. If you had to preach right now, one time, one time, you got one last sermon. I mean, I ain't, I ain't speaking that on you at all, but you got one last sermon and you got to pull it out. Which one you going with? Uh, I think one of my favorite messages was, uh, the lesson learned at Lodabar. Doc, give give them give them a brief synopsis. What 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 is what is what is if you had to give an overview of that sermon, lesson learned from Lodabar? Tell them tell them what Lodabar is, because somebody tell them what well, Lodabar see, represents. And Lodabar was the lowest end of, of of any situation. It was the lowest level of life of living. Uh, it was a story where uh, the Bible said that David had come to the kingship and he said is there anybody left of the household of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's or Jonathan's sake mm -hmm. and of course I talked first of all about Lodabar being so low so down until you have to look up to see the ground wow. and I talked about the legitimacy of reciprocity the oh, legitimacy okay. of the law of reciprocity mm -hmm. and then I talked about uh several other things to 
to structure this man going to Lodabar to find somebody that was connected to, to, to Jonathan, Saul uh, and Jonathan. And I talked about how successful that you can be even at Lodabar even when you're at your lowest end, if it's God's, and I talked about what God does for me, is for me. Mm -hmm. Nobody can steal my miracle, my blessing, because, you know, I'm in Lodabar. I'm strategic because God is strategic. Yes, sir. He can find me wherever. Hold on. Let's, Charles, Bishop, we lost you for a second. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Are you there, Doc? I'm yeah, sorry. we got you now. Yeah, he said he can find. that. that now, that's a good hermeneutic right there. Tell us that hermeneutic. He can find you where? He can find you wherever you are. He can find you in Lodabar. Even it's in amazing. Lodabar. And even the prestigious thing of David with his underage coming to the little town of Lodabar. Everybody peeping out there wanting to say, the king is coming to town. The king <laughs> yes, is sir. coming to Lodabar. And when he comes, he says to this man, come on, you're going home with me. I know you've got a tragedy where your feet are crippled in both feet. I know you've got a depression problem because you've been isolated, but come on, I want you to sit at my table. And wow. boy, that thing has been a blessing to me uh, even now. And, 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 that, and that's a hermeneutic for those that are listening right now, wherever you may be in life. You might be in, this pandemic might have left you in a low place. It might have caused mm -hmm. you to lose. You might have lost family members. You might have lost a job. You might have been downsized. Any of those things could have happened. But the good part about it, just like God found Mephibosheth, guess what? He can find you wherever you are. And guess what? You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to act a certain way. You don't have to have a certain pedigree. He was connected to the king. But you don't. But guess what? You're also connected to the king. Oh, because yeah. we're all connected by blood. That's we're it. all connected That's by it. blood because of a blood transfusion that took place on a hill called Calvary. I'm not going to get started. But because of that transfusion that took place, that's why you and I, uh, ha have the same accesses that Mephibosheth had. Now, yes. Ray Evans is on here. He said that's message at Lodabar. Friend. Yeah, he said message at Lodabar is one of his favorite. Yes, uh, that's my man. God bless you, Pastor. He's your other son man. is on here. Bishop, uh, I mean, uh, Kennard Bush said Bishop Charles E. Oh, Williams was, was born to preach. <laughs> he his said you daddy, were born to preach. We know that. was my best friend. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, and that's what he talks about. Because Kennard and I talk a lot because Kennard is probably one of my best best friends, and uh, he's been yes. consistent. And guess where we met? What at the Gospel Bowl? <laughs> we met at the Gospel Bowl <laughs> one night. He had gotten through preaching, and he was going through something, and we ended up in the same in each other's room, and we had a conversation. And that friendship has been like that. I think Kennard with for about twenty years now, somewhere around that range, 18, 19 years somewhere. And that's my homie. That's my that's my boy for real. And that connection came because of you and uh yeah, and I, I appreciate that and, I, and, and, went his, I went to his daddy for something like 15 years straight my mother passed away in louisville kentucky uh -huh. at Otis w bush's church and that will always leave a mark in my heart and my mind because she died that monday night after driving from cleveland had service that night she wow. went, went out to eat and she fell dead that night. So are you kidding? Cannot, me? cannot will always have a special place in my heart. O.W. Bush was my good friend. Sammy okay. Rash and O.W. Bush was like brothers. And of course, Rash set me up 
to go to O.W. Bush, New Revival, ask Bush to have me to come. Oh, and wow. That's what happened. Wow. So let's talk about those revivals. In your heyday, what's the maximum number of revivals you would do in a year? Oh, man, I was doing 25 and 35. Did y'all see how his face Y'all see how his face lit up when, after, when he talked about how many revivals he Yes, did. sir. I used to go all, I'd come home to my wife would have my stuff ready. I would change clothes, get on another flight, head back out. Wow. Because Jamar- God had given me favor. Not wow. that I was that great a preacher. God just yeah, gave no. me favor. This, no, you were you were that great of a preacher. Anybody <laughs> on here? Listen, Jamar Bennett just said, y'all missed out on his famous sermon, A Wide Vision Through a Narrow Window. Oh, and he yeah, says, wow. Yeah. Doc, let me tell you, because you know, when I came home a couple weeks, because I've been gone 25, 26 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when uh, and when I came home and you were there, you saw when those little young boys came to me. I said, "Y'all got to realize that's history." <laughs> I said that, that right, and I pointed <laughs> to him. That's history right there, because we Jamar uh, Jamar Bennett, Scipio Brown, all of us that were there in the early to mid nineties, we saw y'all in y'all's prime, man. Oh, I, man. I remember when Bishop started doing the full gospel conference, oh, and uh, he would use your church, you know, for the weekly uh, for the weekly services or whatnot. And you would preach one of those nights. And that night you did that dog on a glance at Grace, Doc. You, oh. <laughs> it, doc, I mean, you talked about a glance at Grace. Hold on one second. I, 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 y'all, y'all don't believe me. Y'all watch this one second. Hold on one second. Just a little bit. The day that wait upon the Lord shall renew, shall renew their strength. Grab them and share while I'm waiting. He renewing me, hallelujah. It don't hurt like it used to hurt. I don't worry like I used to worry. I'm being renewed. He shall renew their strength. Grab your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm getting my strength back. Hallelujah, neighbor. I feel my hair growing again, neighbor. I gain my strength, and then he's transforming me. He said, I'll get wings like an eagle. Tell him, watch me. I'm getting my wings. I'm getting my wings. I'm getting my wings. I'm gaining my wings. They'll mount up like wings of eagle. I'm mounted. I can face the storm. I'm mounted. I can face the wind. I'm mounted with wings of eagle. Give somebody a high five and say, Why your wings? Why your wings? Ah, Bishop. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when that was? Yes. <laughs> what, around what around what year was that? Ooh, that may have been as after the remodeling. That would be about two thousand and six. Okay. Two thousand and seven, something like that. You, you felt your help on that thing right there, Doc. Oh yeah. You you felt your help on that thing right there, Doc. And if y'all hear that, I'm telling you, that's Vin. Bishop Charles E. Weeze. Uh, oh, hold on. Let me see what Kennard Bush said. 1978 was the first year and one of my favorite sermons by Bishop. He said, you talked about the night coming. The night coming. You remember that? <laughs> yes, brother. You see my skin. 
You got a lot of sticks, Bishop. You got a lot of sticks. Yes, sir, Doc. I used to have them, Doc. Yes, sir, Doc. But so, uh, so let me ask something. What was the inspiration for the Gospel Bowl? Well, what I did, I used to go to Chicago on New Year's Eve night. I went to Chicago way back in the day uh, for Joseph Wells and Clay Evans and and uh, uh, Cozy and E.J. Jones. I, I went for a, one on that. I went there, and, and we would we would go, and, and that's where I got the gospel bowl from. And okay. then I wanted to bring the gospel bowl. I took it to Jackson. I took it to, to, to Cleveland, Mississippi, when I pastored there. And it was always a trend for me. And I came here, and I kept that trend. Okay. Well, and, and I mean, it, it took off in Little Rock. I know it did well. It, it, it allowed a lot of people. Is that coming from me, that, that static? Let me make sure. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, yeah, uh, it, it took off. It really did. Um, and it, 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 it introduced a lot of preachers to the city of Little Rock. And, uh, and like I said, you, and what I remember, because like, I, I always consider myself to be a peon of a preacher, because like you said, you were bringing in all these national boys. But I remember one time specifically, you, you said what now? Your alliterations are major. Ladies well, like a, I get it, but I ain't never had that that voice like like those lot of those cats had. Well, I mean, I've learned to say thank you. I'm, I'm talking. I'm, I know that now, but I'm talking about back then because I didn't understand why you would tell me no. I'm saving you for prime time. I'm like, for what? You know what I'm saying? I can't close like these cats, but it's all good. Bishop is uh having a little technical. Come on back, Bishop. Are you there? Here, uh, here, uh, Jamar Bennett says Bishop's having a little technical difference. He said, "I will always re there you are, Bishop. I will always remember Bishop. He put me in what he called the Bishop Keith Smith Preaching Bowl, the Gospel Bowl. I'll never forget. You remember that, Bishop, when you put Jamar Bennett in the? Are you? Are you? Hold on, I got you muted. Hold on. You got your own mic muted, Bishop. Unmute un your mic." Hold on, y'all. His, his mic is muted, and I can't unmute it. It won't let me do it. Hold on. Let me see if I can get him on the phone and get him taken care of. Hold on. Bishop, your, mute, your mic is muted. Unmute your mic. Hold on. I'm going to get him together. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Let me, uh, let me play this clip a little bit. Why your wings, why your wings mount up with wings of eagles? And then I believe I'm ready now to run the marathon. I think I'm ready to run and not be weary. I'm ready to walk. Grab your neighbor hand. If they sit down, pull them up. Come on here. We're going to walk. I need some walkers. Y'all walk this church. Go and get in the highway. Tell them I walk. What about now, Kurt? I can hear you. I can, I can hear you now. I can hear you yes, now. Sir, I'm sorry. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. We had a couple of technical difficulties. Are you there, Bishop? You got, let me yes, hear sir. you talk. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Bishop uh, Jamar Bennett said I'll, he'll always remember when you put him in what you call the Bishop Keith Smith uh, preaching bowl. Uh, yeah. He said the yeah, gospel bowl he'll Keith never forget. Smith. You remember that? That's right. We had an honor for Keith Smith after he died. I okay. called it the preaching bowl, Keith Smith preaching bowl. That's right. Okay. And you As had Jamar in there. 
Oh yeah, Jamar's a preacher now. I know Jamar. Big man, is. he's some kind of preacher. I got the same heart you got. He he studies, and I and okay. I admire that about you, doctor. And he okay. gives all he has. He's a gifted young man, and he's gonna blow a lot of people mind because God has a time set for him mm. where he's gonna shift him. And uh, those who talk about us sometimes gonna be left behind when this man will be on a train to wherever God assigns him to go. Yes, sir. You there, Kurt? Oh my God, I think we frozen again. Yes, I think so. We having trouble with these okay. with this Wi-Fi tonight, aren't we? The devil yeah, is alive. I'm back, I'm back here. Uh, yeah, it wasn't just you that time. It was me that time. I'm sorry, y'all listening tonight. That that is not that's me. A lot of that's me. I don't know why my I paid my bill. I promise you, I did. But Jamar, <laughs> I hope I hope you heard that word because that he just spoke to you and uh, received that. Receive. Yeah, he said he, he said I receive it, Bishop. I receive it. Oh, and, uh, I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative because uh, I know you don't waste words. I know because no. and 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 you watch the matriculation of ministry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, 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 I remember like first when I came to you, I was using notes. And then when I came, I wasn't using notes. You said, okay, you're expository now. You're not using notes. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to give a few words. And you're like, okay, you're flowing in the gift now. And you and you just were trying to cultivate me through the different <laughs> stages of our gift. I don't think people do that anymore. Like I said, yeah. too many people are more into producing armor bearers than they are into producing sons. It takes so much more to produce a son because that requires uh, cultivating a relationship. And it's because so many of us are afraid of where the relationship will end up. That's why I tell my children all the time when they try to make decisions, I don't raise robots. Mm. You know, I, I find out where your area of giftedness is, and then I cultivate that area of giftedness. Sad part about it, Bishop, is most people can't take you any farther than they've ever gone. Yeah. And the reason they, they 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 and the reason they don't try to take you farther is because they're go, they're afraid you'll go farther than they will. And well, they, I, I think, huh? Kirk, that's amazing that you said that because that's what I was thinking. So many pastors are afraid of sonship mm. because they think that that gives the person the privilege of succeeding you, mm. and that's why some guys don't understand. But biblically, that's what. That's the that's the lingo that is biblical as sons. See, we don't have many sons and we don't have many fathers. There are some guys now that don't want to be fathered. Mm. They don't want to be mentored. And that's the tragedy that we have found ourselves in a dilemma because there is no sonship. There is no father relationship. Everybody's operating like spiritual bastards. Wow, and and that's a tragedy. Uh, and Jesus already said, "Love one another," and by this, men will know you are my disciple if you love one another. And uh, that's the thing wow. that uh, has troubled me is how far we've gotten from biblical principles, from the idea that God subscribed for sonship and for successful, you know, successful. Uh, Tutelage are uh, moving into different realms is when we can yield ourselves to become uh, spiritually inclined. Mm -hmm. that's, that, that, that's deep, 
that you said uh, and uh, that you said that because, like you said, you started preaching at nineteen. Well, eighteen. Well, eighteen. God was calling you nineteen, and three months, Pastor Rash puts you out. He yes, tells he you to go out. Uh, and like you said, nowadays, so many people are, or even even then, people are afraid of you succeeding and moving beyond. And that principle is a, the principle of duplicating leadership is a principle that the world adapted from the church. That's right. That's but the church truth. stopped doing it because yeah. one lesson in leadership, when you really get to the highest level of leadership, you can really tell when you're able to reproduce yourself. That's it. Because I, I remember when, when uh, what was it? Because uh, you, you fathered a couple, a couple of guys, uh, AD and those guys, and you were so hurt when he, when, when he passed away. Oh, man. Because you fathered him. Yes. And you prepared him for the next level, not because of his preaching ability, not because of his connections in the city, but you did that simply because he was faithful. Because he was faithful to me. That's right. He was faithful. And, yeah. and and he was loyal, even though A.D. was A.D., but A.D. was loyal to this old man here. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and I appreciate him for his loyalty. And I wanted to... And, 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 and Kirk, to be honest with you, that threw me off when A.D. passed away, then Rodney passed away. I yeah. didn't know what to do. And wow. then, I, I'll be honest with you, and this is the first time I said it publicly, I made an error because if you don't, if you don't get a son and you end up missing it and you get a spiritual bastard, oh, wow. then they have no loyalty to nobody, not even mm -hmm. to Christ. They, wow. they feel like they, they, that, that was there. They earned it. Entitled. In fact, they didn't. Entitled. They feel entitled they, to they those things. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, y'all, y'all raised us different. I mean, y'all, y'all raised us different. I never, I, I remember when I told Bishop Robinson, I was called a priest. Okay. And walked off. I said, no, but I'm called a priest. He like, okay, what you want me to do? That's Same fine. thing. So what, what you want me to do? So I walked <laughs> off and came back next time. Bishop, I'm called to preach. He said, okay, now we can talk. He said, cause if I could have talked you out of it, then you wouldn't have done it. And see, the difference is these days, if the young boy come to, well, first of all, they might not even go tell their pastor they're going to preach. They just start preaching. But if they do, if the pastor don't receive them, then they'll just go to somebody else and tell them. And then that person will receive them because he don't want no son. He just want another armor bearer. Just want another armor bearer. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. Listen, it's 9.53. I want to talk for about 10 or 15 more minutes if it's okay. Uh, uh, now. I, like you said, you pastored, you had your, you had, you started in the country, then you went to Jackson, did the friendship thing, then Little Rock was supposed to be upward mobility because it was a little bit bigger city, um, and then you uh, stayed there 25 years, you retired, and then uh, went through some health challenges and whatnot, and you're pastoring again now, but now you're pastoring virtually. How does that, what, how does that look? It's that amazing look? to me, Kerry. I was Kirk, I'll be honest with you, Pastor. I was not looking for anywhere. Okay. Some people that I've known for the last 30-some years called me out of the blue and said, we need a pastor. I said, okay. They said, can you be our virtual pastor? Wow. Uh, they had just got a big sum of grant, and they said, we need you. 
And I said, okay. They said, what 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 compensation you want? I told them what compensation I wanted. They said, all right. And they started taking care of me. The same thing that this church that I served for 25, 26 years had promised me, made an agreement with me. And uh, the pastor that I brought uh, did not pay me but uh, one time, twice. Wow. And and uh, that, that hurt me to my core. Mm. And, uh, of course, I was so good to him. I brought him, doctor. And and most people say uh, Bishop Robinson did, but Bishop Robinson didn't even know till I told him wow. that I had uh, asked his son-in-law to come. Mm. But it was, it, and I say this publicly, I'm saying it now, it was a great error on my part. Wow. A great error on my part and regret. And let me tell you something. I was going to seek legal situation and God convicted me and said, don't you dare do that to my church. Mm. I repented and I cried before the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm sorry because I never want to offend you. And so, uh, but you know, God don't like ugly and ain't too cool for prettiness either. Because reciprocity, you got to reap what you sow, Doc. That's about this, this, be not deceived. God is not marked. Whatever man sow, he shall also reap. And mm. I got to tell you, it's coming up again, brother. Wow. W. Leo Daniel preached that sermon many years ago. Maybe maybe a, a good 50 years ago. It's coming mm. up again. And doctor, as sure as I said here tonight, on your YouTube, your 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 uh, great telecast, a podcast, I honor you because it's coming up again. Wow, wow! Yeah. So uh, that that that's deep, and I I know the story, so I'm not you know those that know know. I'm not gonna bring in any, <laughs> and I, and I like the fact that he's being bishop. Because 20 years ago, he'd have said names. He would have said all kind of stuff. Yes, but I'm, Lord, I'm the, Lord, the Lord got his tongue. The Lord got his tongue held tonight. That's yes. what I love you, bro. And y'all got to understand, Bishop and I have some very transparent conversation. We, we yes, talk. Sir. We talk. So uh, he's shared some of these things. And I'm not going to pick a scab or nothing on this conversation. But <laughs> I'm letting him. I, like I told him, you can tell as much as you want to tell. So here we are. We're in a pandemic. You're virtually pastoring a church now, and that's something that's different. So what to you has God been saying through this pandemic? Do you think it was a God thing? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to indict God. Okay. I'm not going to indict God because there will be, I'll be, I'll be going too far to indict him. However, I know the omniscience for God, mm. knowing that there's nothing that happens he doesn't know. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, that's the thing. During this pandemic, what it's taught me is ultimately reliance on him. Because as you said, I've had some physical situation. I'm a cancer survivor forever. Amen. I, uh, I have chronic vertigo. I'm struggling uh, with, with the vertigo and that space of unbalance. But I thank the Lord just for living. My pastor... Uh, Bishop Kenneth Robinson is one of the greatest pastors I've ever sat under. And God dealt with me about that. He said, 
Are you willing to be as loyal to Bishop as I've been with people that followed you initially were loyal? Because I taught loyalty. I taught it hard. And, 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 and Bishop Kenneth Robson has been an amazing man. Even in a pandemic, the man has, has grown and matured. He's some kind of covering brother. He, yes, he's, he's been there for us. Yes. He's been there for us. And there, you know, and I asked that question. It, it was somewhat a loaded question when I asked you, you know, did you see God in the pandemic? Because uh, prior to the pandemic, I remember um, I preached a sermon one time called Seasons Change. And I, and I looked at Ezekiel 34. And in Ezekiel 34, God talked about how uh, he caused his sheep to scatter because there was no shepherd. And the sheep became uh, meat to the beast of the field and the sheep wandered through the mountain. Mm -hmm. And his problem was never with the people. His pr problem was always with the shepherds. And because of the shepherd, he caused the sheep to scatter. And I, it, it was just amazing to me, considering that the universal doors of the church have always stood ajar. I mean, have always been open. And then all of a sudden the president comes on TV and says, y'all can't go to church. And this is all over the world, I mean, all over the United States. The doors of the church are closed. I thought spiritually that Babylon had came to the front door of the church and told the church to get out. And what had happened, I, and I asked my pastor here this question, because if you looked at it, the most affected churches were the were mega churches, you know, because a lot of the parachurch ministries were and are still having churches. They never really stopped having church, you know, like Bishop didn't really have a church and told the church to get out. And what had happened, I, and I asked my pastor here this question because if you looked at it, the most affected churches were the me, were mega churches, you know, because a lot of the parachurch ministries were and are still having churches. They never really stopped having church, you know, like Bishop didn't really ever stop having church. Some of the smaller churches never stopped having churches. But the mega churches and the larger ministries, the ones that most people have began to flock to, you know, they they couldn't go. And so, you know, anything you do, 21 days becomes a habit, right? And so now, not just 21 days, but 21 weeks and 52 weeks and now two years. You know what I'm saying? Because we still, our churches are just now opening up here, right? So that's why I asked your question, was it a God thing? Do you think, because now what he did say in that Ezekiel text is he said, I would cause my sheep to make a U-turn. But he said, when they come back, they're going to come back and they're going to come back unto me. So their, their motives are going to change. They're going to have a different reason for worship. They're going to see uh, how I sustain them because I know people who live better during the pandemic than they ever lived before the pandemic, right? Of course. And, and one thing about God is anything he puts you in, he'll keep you. And yeah. I ain't going to lie. I was unemployed, unemployed, self-employed, all that stuff during the pandemic. And I lived some of my best months, you know what I'm saying? Because, and, and what I learned, Bishop, more than anything is that he's a keeper. He's that word keeper in the Greek, yeah. hey, that word in the keeper in the Greek means, philoso means that he's able to preserve. He keeps <laughs> you from spoiling. Y'all see, see what I'm talking about. He, it, it, it's something, you know, old folks used to say it would have got ruined if you left it out, right? But <laughs> it keeps you from getting ruined, you know. So he kept me during the pandemic. Yeah. And I know I'm not the only one. I know some people in the chat. I know Bishop. I know you. He kept us even during the pandemic mm -hmm. because church wasn't about geography no more. Mm -hmm. We couldn't make, we couldn't get to church, right? It wasn't about our geography. Now it was how much theology we had in us 
Because if the leaders had done their job, oh, ha, if the leaders had done their job, and a lot of them did, you would be insulated when it came time to go. Through. You know what? See, you know, it was so funny. I'm going to give you an analogy right quick. My son, uh, my son, my son, he's 24, three now, 24, soon to be 24. And uh, we put him in private de- daycare when he grew up, when he was coming up one, two, three years old. We went, we put him in private de- daycare. And my May, my May Reeves, she fed him, you know, cornbread. Uh, brown beans, you know, baked chicken. You know, she put real food in him, right? So he never got sick. But the moment I put him in a pri- in a public daycare, Georgia Lottery funded pre K, he goes to school one time around all these other things, right, that could infect him. And he comes home and he looks at me and says, with his eyes, and he ain't say it, but I can see it. Dad, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but whatever it is, it's got me. He got sick for the first time. Because he got around something that he was exposed to that ended up infecting him. And I believe a lot of church folk that weren't insulated properly during this pandemic got out in the world, got around these other religions. I mean, I ain't never seen black folk that were Buddhist. They got Buddhists now. They got Hindus now. They got all kinds of religions. You got yoga. You got all kinds of stuff. And the Bible talks about lending yourself to familiar spirits and all those things. Do you think it's because we weren't, we didn't have the Christian education that was necessary to insulate us against those things? Well, one thing that troubled me about the pandemic, and I have to say this, is how easy we compromise. Mm. Man of God, uh, I've never seen such time when government could speak and then black people pastors would succumb to government that was that was that was a problem for me because i thought about if i would have still been actively pastoring they could have shut the church down you know that don't you i I would have had church (laughs) i didn't buy the ass by myself i didn't play that no you never did my member remembered that everything else we could have snow on the ground <laughs> and come to the Zion was going to open <laughs> because I just believed in giving God the right of way. I yes, believe in, 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 in propagating this gospel. I believe in advocating. And, and one thing that I, I've always been, I've always been uh, adamant about uh political involvement. Yes, sir. Because we don't let government run the church. The church run government. It's we supposed don't to, do mm-hmm. that. Mm. And and if we did what we did, we compromised. And we we compromised and the church lost ground in. And now mm. having a rough time trying to get people to come back. Yes, sir. They're yes, having sir. a rough time everywhere. They're having a rough time getting people to come back, man. And and, and that's why, thank you for coming on tonight. That's why I wanted you to come on the show because I do know that pastors are having a rough time getting yeah. people to come back. You know why? Because I think part of it is we put up and we talked about this earlier today. We put such a gulf between us and the people where people don't see us not like you now, cause you wouldn't like that, but they don't see us as being touchable. Mm-mm. So many, so many pastors now have become so celebritized and, and so, and, and can I say this, Kurt? You sure. almost got to be now because okay. there's so many sabotages out there. So many people on assignment. We had we had a situation going here where pastors 
were being victimized by young women coming in to sabotage them. And they came and they cut, de they cut deals to get paid off because they said the pastor became inappropriate for them. Scandals were they, were they came inappropriate to, though? Huh? Were they inappropriate? Were they guilty? Some of them, some of them were. Some of them were. You know, they they were. And they got in, they got indicted and had to pay the people off and all that kind of stuff like that. The women off. But what was so critical about it, it wasn't just happening with pastors. You had deacons and trustees and everything else, all kinds of scandals going on in the church of the living God. You know, I thank God for his grace, his mercy that kept me because one thing I didn't, I didn't play uh, that throwing the rock yeah. and, and wondering who you're going to hit because, mm -hmm. because you got to have your stuff together if you call yourself coming at me oh, yeah. because <laughs> I know what the words say, uh -huh. you know, and I'm sealed to the day of redemption mm -hmm. and I've always been apprehensive and cautious about because a man's in bad shape if he tell on himself. Yeah. Forget that. I run by myself. I ain't never uh, been yeah. with no crowd. And me neither, mm -hmm. Don. And, and, that, and, that, and that, 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 that's the point I was getting ready to say. Because, you know, uh, the guilty, they always got a problem with the truth. Oh, because yeah. the truth has a way of exposing, and and I and like we talked about. See, one one I made my Lord knows you, me, and you've had we've had private conversations. You know I've made my share of mistakes. I'm divorced, oh, probably. We all have. Oh, no doubt. But one thing I'll always say is that I fell before I ever got up, mm. and, and and that's and that's that's the thing about it. Some of us get up and we're so spiritually immature. When Nikita McGee said, "Hello, Bishop Charles." Uh, God bless Nikita. you. <laughs> but uh, some so many times we we get up. And we're not prepared, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, uh, isn't it funny how a tree grows down before it grows up? And so we, <laughs> we 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 get we get these positions and want to grow up and haven't grown down yet. And mm -hmm. so and so when we and when we fall, then it's such a travesty for you and everybody involved. And then what what ends up happening, according to text, because I can we can look at it in the text, is that we end up hindering somebody else's belief. Hmm. Because so, for so long we've hidden our wounds, we made them think that we were so perfect, or we lived this holy life, and that we didn't make mistakes. I mean, heck, I had to say heck because I know I'm on the phone with the bishop, y'all. If it had been a Monday night show, I might have said something else. <laughs> but uh, heck, <laughs> uh, uh, they had it was too many laws for them to follow, right? So they had to break it down to ten. <laughs> Then Jesus came and said, "Hey, y'all, forget all that law stuff. Let's just go ahead and just hey, uh, let's just go ahead and uh, and do it this way. Let's live under this whole law of grace, right? And I'm gonna put these, I'm gonna put these beatitudes out there, and I'm gonna give y'all something to work with. And yeah, so he kind of made that thing diluted it enough to make the law obtainable. But yet, we want to act as though we're holier than thou, that we're without blemish, that we don't make mistakes. And when we do that, and then we do make a mistake." And we're exposed. Then what happens? It it, yep. it not only messes up. I it don't it, it doesn't only mess up our walk because uh, their perception of us, but it also messes up their power because they think that because he failed, he's just a man just like me. He put his pants no. on. Leg. Well, one thing I've done, uh, Kurt, I've always advocated preaching holiness. Okay. You preach holiness. You preach righteousness, and then it's it's a tough guy. 
that they'll clam up to come at you instead of reaching down to come at you. Wow. Because okay. when you preach holiness, it's just the truth. You know, God wants us to live holy, whether we like it or not. He wants us to live righteous, whether or not we, we you know, we, 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 we act it or not. God calls us responsible. Absolutely. And then when you live and preach holiness, doctor, even though we all fail, we all come short. But, but to, for guys now to entertain folks and not be able to go toward their consciousness wow. to prick them to do better. Yes, it's sir. a travesty. Yes, sir. It's yes, a travesty. And we've got yeah. to go back to preaching holiness. We've got oh, yeah. to go back to preaching the truth because yeah. that's the only hope we got is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bush just said something that's very powerful. He said, I'm glad it takes rain for a bush to grow. My then God. he said, I'm sure y'all caught that because I've been beaten, but I've never lost. Yeah. My God. It my rains. God. Rain. It has to rain, right? But the thing is, is that we we if we've been rain, the evidence of the rain is the fact that you just wet. Just wet. And it ain't nothing wrong with being wet. Because guess what? Other folk been been wet. And somebody else is gonna be wet. And so that was the thing, even with uh when Jesus ascended, when he came on the mayor's road, you know, he showed himself to the disciples, but one of them wasn't there, right? Thomas wasn't there. And they said, Thomas, we, I remember you said, I remember when you said, Josephus said they were, what did you say, Doc? They were practicing damage control, thinking about going yes, back right, to their vocation. Right, <laughs> said, but then they come in and say, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. I, I, I can hear you preaching that in my head right now. And then uh, Thomas said, I ain't going to believe it. Except what? Except I see the nails in his hands. Except I see the rivets in his side. Yes. I won't believe. And that's where a lot of people are in the world today. Unless they can see our wounds, unless they know that they are that that we they can that we can be touched by infirmities just like they can, you know why? Because I I, I heard a motivational speaker say, he said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm, my God, that's major. And so many of us don't care. All we care about is. Preaching. I, I, it was, at one point, I had to ask myself, do I love preaching more than I love people? I know people who love preaching more than they love people. I know it. And you do, too. And with that being said, that's what has put our church in the position that it's in. But the good part about it is, Bishop, is that the church has an in, eternal insurance policy. Yeah. Because he already said that the gates of hell yeah, shall man. not. Nah, it ain't, the universal church is okay. And it's going to be all right. You know why? Because pioneers uh, like yourself uh, mm. that wasn't worried about creating adjutants. You were worried about creating sons. Yes. And you've always been that way. And the sons that you produce. Now, not, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I can say it because I'm not scared. I got big feet. I got size 12 shoes. So whatever I say, I'll, I'll back it up. I don't have a problem with that. Now, some, a lot of your sons might not have treated you like fathers recently. But... <laughs> Mm. You remember yeah. that earlier? Uh, yeah. 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 A lot a lot of your sons might not treat you like fathers, like they should. But at the end of the day, that does not take away, negate the reality that you treated us like sons. Uh yeah. Bush is on here talking now. I know what you do. You talk about going to church. Bush, you remember that time we came in for the uh for the uh uh gospel bowl and um we was I think we were staying, might have been at the embassy that time, and we weren't preaching that morning 
And Kennard and I said, man, we, well, Bishop, we'll just stay at the church and we'll, we'll stay at the hotel and we'll be at church this afternoon. And Bishop said, no, nah, y'all ain't. He said, no, nah, y'all ain't. Y'all coming to church. And he yes, said, sir. you remember that, Kennard? Yes. Kennard said, he, awesome. said that, he said that van, he said, y'all, he said, we, like, we 30 years old, we grown. He said, no, nah, y'all ain't. He said, y'all ain't preaching. Y'all coming to church. Like, he said, bring your behind the church. I said, yes, yes sir. sir. We came. We set our behinds on the front row. Like sons, like sons, like a father would tell you to do. Yeah. And we had no problem with it. We laughed, we smiled, we snickered about it a little bit. And we came back and we preached that afternoon. And yeah. uh and that and that and that, but that's what fathers do. That's what the fathers do. Fathers produce sons. They don't just yeah. produce armor bearers. Right yeah. now we live in an age and in a society where people would rather have armor bearers as opposed mm. to having sons. And, the, and, and it's so, and, 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 and Doc, I, I, I want to get off this conversation, but I'm enjoying it so well. I think part of it might be because sometimes uh, we end up mirroring what we see in the world. And because there are so few fathers in homes, they're single father, I mean, I mean single mothers raising homes. People don't know what a natural father looks like. So because they don't see natural good fathers, then they won't, they won't adhere uh, to a spiritual father. And that's right. one thing about you. You have always been a father to your children. I've seen you jump on that road after church to go to Mississippi to take care yeah. of them babies. I've seen what yeah. you've done for a stepson uh, that you raised, that you treat like it's your son. You're a father in the natural. as You're just as much father in the natural as you are a father in the spiritual. And well, I think that's a you, wonderful sir. thing. Thank you, Jerry. I've done the best I could. Some regrets I have. I look in retrospect and I have some some regrets. But then overall, I thank God for not taking his hand out of my life. Wow. Even after retiring, and I hastily retired. I, okay. I did it. I got depressed. I got on a beautiful tree. And uh, brother, I almost didn't make but thank well, you know, God the, you, you know the juniper tree wasn't the final destination in that text, right? I know that. I yeah. know, that. but I got yeah. there and see. Only thing that that helped Elijah was that he he didn't succumb to the Jupiter tree. Mm-mm. He didn't succumb to it. Not and see minute. what I did, I got caught up and I succumbed to it for a minute. Okay, and I felt like it was over. But then God, when I tell you God is a resuscitator, that God is a motivator, God is some kind of God that he blow my mind over and over again, Kurt. Nothing but him has sustained me. When I've had people that, that I trusted, people I thought were my sons, wow. I never hear from them now. Wow. And that's, that's tragic, it hurts. But then if Jesus went through that, what am I, what, what, I, what, what I'm complaining about? Ain't that something? Because, hey, that'll happen, you know? But I, I, I'm, I'm still here. I may be a little anemic in my body, a little weak, but I'm still here. Oh, yeah. And I love preaching. I love preaching the gospel. I can't, yeah. I can't do it like y'all guys can, but I, Man, I do the best I can. <laughs> with Man, what I got. You know what? Uh, it's it's ironic. It's ironic. Uh, and I heard the spirit say this when you uh talked about that juniper tree. When you said you almost stayed too long. Uh, if you if anybody ever studied a juniper tree, it produces a fruit, and the fruit has some properties 
that are used in birth control pills. Mm. And so if you stay under a juniper tree long enough, that which God is trying to birth in you <laughs> has a way of almost becoming aborted My if you stay God. too long. But this is the wonderful part about that text is that you want to move beyond the juniper tree because uh, because the enemy speaks in juniper trees. I mean, angels speak in juniper trees, but God speaks in caves because God, God. never, his destination was <laughs> never the juniper tree. <laughs> to God's day, God y'all. never was trying to get Juniper to the, get him to the juniper tree. He was trying to get him to the cave. And in the, in the midst of all the chaos that was going on outside, because he said God, he said he came in the whirlwind, he came in the storm, he came, but within a small voice, he heard him in that cave. And that and that that's what's so powerful about that whole juniper tree because it's so much chaos. I mean, the prickly thorns of the, the, the tree, the birth control, all those things represent the juniper tree. But that old cave, when because the good thing about a cave, usually caves are one way in, one way out. And that means my back is covered. If I can put my back against the wall, you can't get me from the from the back, I'm good. I can fight my way out of this thing. I got two questions and then we out of here because you're going to make me feel good. I, ain't gonna lie. I don't have hoop triggers, so I can't use that. Uh, but but listen, I got two questions. Greatest regret in ministry. What would you say your greatest regret in ministry is? Was my spontaneity. Okay. My spontaneity, and uh, that was that was that was a tragedy for me. Okay. It's because like the latter phase of my my ministry is almost like a a nightmare. I went wow. through a moment that until I was moving animated, it looked like I was in a dream. Mm. I did some things that that wasn't me, but I did it in spontaneity, and I regret it. Jesus, all right, that's it. okay, spontaneity, and that, but I can see that because you flow in the prophetic. <laughs> so, in flowing in the prophetic, you have to be spontaneous because you hear God in that moment. But I guess the maturity aspect of it, and I'm not calling you immature. I wouldn't dare do that because you're my father. But uh, but uh, I see it. I see what you're saying because some things you have to mull over, but then some things you got to speak. And because sometimes we speak too soon. I get it. I get it. I get it. So that's your greatest regret is the spontaneity. What would you say your greatest accomplishment was in ministry? Was never giving up. Never okay. giving up. And then to gain my strength back, I'm like Samson. I felt my hair growing again. <laughs> and the thing it was is that even though I was in a precarious position, I needed the boy to show me where the pillars of the temple were. Wow. That I could use this last bit of strength to bring the house down. Wow. Like Samson did. Samson, he, 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 they gouged his eyes out. But what mistake they made, they didn't stop. They stopped cutting his hair. Mm. See, he was gaining his strength and come from his eyes. Mm. It came from his hair. And see, if you ever get to the place that you let the enemy cut your hair, if he forget to cut your hair, that hair going to grow again. And oh, you're yeah. going to gain your strength back. Wow. And out of all the people that have counted you out, God counts you in. That's a word. And that's what he has done for this old man here. 
I don't get invitations to go places now. I don't do it. And guess what? God has given me a piece about that. He's given me a piece about it. He's kept my mind. He's given me strength. And Kurt ain't nobody but a God. Thank mm. you for letting me come on your show today. I you'll be back. You'll be back. And thank you. you. And thank you will be back. You will be back. And that, and that and those that are listening, if for Samson, his strength was in his hair. For you, your strength might be your prayer life. Your strength That's might right. be something else. But whatever your strength is, the enemy's not concerned about your weakness. <laughs> That's He's right. going to attack you on the area of your strength. Yes, and friend. that's why some, you, you got to be careful how you reveal what your strength, the source of your strength is to that's the enemy, right. right? It took Delilah a long time to finally get yes, that sir. source, right? Or get that information. But when she got it, she used it against her. But Jackie Wilson, thank you so much for listening. You listen in every Tuesday. And I really do appreciate you. Y'all, this is my one year anniversary on my show. This is my one-year anniversary. We've been doing this. Uh, May 10th last year was the first show we did. And May 10th this year uh, is uh, also a show. And we're, we're excited about that. And I had the privilege of having the Dr. Bishop C.E. Nice, Williams on with me. And I'm so happy that a few of his sons were able to stop by. Kennard uh, Bush, William C. Simpson, uh, uh, who else? Scipio Brown. Uh, it was a couple of more, Jamar Bennett, a couple of other people that were on tonight. And they, uh, yeah, Ray Evans, yeah, Ray Evans. Uh, Bishop, yeah, he said, Bishop, Bishop, uh, Ray Evans said, you will be back at Southside in Columbus, Mississippi well, soon. Well, Doc, let me tell you something. I'm just going to say to Dr. Evans, Kirk, if he ever call you to come there, Doc, he's already called me. To heaven without going to Southside. No, no, remember, no, remember when my son had the, uh, the basket baseball camp down there? Mm-hmm. And he was gonna be there all day. You sent me to his church. That's right. That's yeah. Right. And the first day I went, first day he shook my hand and he had me sit. He let me pray altar call. But Ray, Dr. Evans has brought me back twice since then. Oh, he's so yeah. He's had me come down and preach twice since then. And that was only because you didn't talk to him. You, I just meant drop the name. I said, Bishop Williams yes. told me to come see you. And the Bishop. deacons knew you. They like, oh, that man is draped in God. <laughs> oh said, yeah, Doctor. Let me take some. Doctor Evans, I honor you, sir. And I thank God for you. One of the yes, greatest sir. pastors in this country. Oh, yeah. Yes, he, he is. Ray, Ray Evans is a nation, one of nation's best That's kept right. secrets. I mean, That's he has right. a powerful church in Columbus, Mississippi. Every time and they got a good, so big. Oh, yeah, he does. It, it is. Man, I, when I went to preach, they treated me like a king. I mean, the hotel oh, and that. the gifts and Longhorns, I mean, everything was good right there. So I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Jay Forte is on tonight. He said he really enjoyed us tonight. So uh, yeah, I know Jay was listening. Thank you, Jay. Jay is kind too. Jay's brought me to Fort Smith uh, once and brought me to Pine Bluff once. So Jay is, Jay is good guy. Good guy. We're gonna get a lot of these pastors on. I'm gonna get Ray, Dr. Evans on soon, and we're gonna because I want Tuesday night. I want this show. It's I call it Tuesday Flow because I want us to get on and flow. But I want to bring on pastors and. And let other people see us in different lights. You know yes. what I'm saying? Uh, we ain't got to get up here and try to sound smart. If you're smart, you're just smart. You know, <laughs> you know, if you're, you're gifted, you're just gifted. Just be yourself. Yeah, you know, right. and we'll and we end up in the conversation ends up where it is. But you've shared some powerful information. You've shared some of your mistakes. You've shared some milestones, um, uh, and you talked about some of your regrets. And I really do, really do appreciate you for being transparent. And coming on here, and I like I said, I appreciate you for fathering so many 
uh, including myself. Uh, we're about to close it down because I've had you for almost an hour and a half, and I know you're old, so you got to get ready to go to bed. I'm I joking. got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in closing, what what would you what, speak a word over our people tonight? Get, speak a word over those that are listening. Well, I speak. I speak life. I speak. If you are a man or woman of God, it's time to upgrade. It's time now to make sure we got our ear to the mouth of God. Mm. That we're not, we're in a season now, we can't afford to miss God. We can't afford to commit spiritual debauchery. We cannot afford to cause people to stumble because of our inadequacies or our mm. weaknesses. And, and, and let me tell you something, the alarm is sounding. Yes. These are the terminal days. It's the terminal days, the terminal age. And we got to put on our whole armor. We got to stop the entertaining, gentlemen. We've got to get down to factual, practical preaching with, with, with spiritual application. We've got to do it because judgment day is coming. And I don't want to go to sleep and, and, and with uncertainty. But I want to be able to see my master's face. And I want to hear him say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I love you, Kurt. Appreciate your, your audience. May the Lord bless you. And please pray for me, brothers and sisters. Hold on right quick. What, what's your cash app? My cash app is dollar sign C. Edward Williams. Hold on. Let me do this. C. Dollar Edward. sign C. Edward Williams. Williams. All right, so C. Edward, let me see if I got that right. Did I put it right? Yes, sir. That's it, there, Doc. All right, so I'm getting ready to send you a cash out. My Jesus, how yeah, 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 yeah. We're coming on tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Listen, yeah. I, I challenge every son. <laughs> I say I challenge every son uh, that's on this on this line tonight. I'm not even gonna ask you for an astronomical amount for him. I'm not gonna ask you for an astronomical amount. Buy him lunch tomorrow. I'm going to buy lunch tomorrow. Somebody else buy lunch Wednesday. Somebody else buy lunch Thursday. Somebody else buy. He don't eat McDonald's either, so don't let's not do it that way. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sending mine right now. Bishop, Thank let me know you. when you get it. Hold on. Normally, I put up my cash app, but I'm not putting that up tonight. C. Yeah. Here it is. C. Edward Williams. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, sir. Thank everybody that was so into me. I speak a prophet's reward on you in Jesus' name. I just heard the Lord say fifty dollars, so I'm, I'm going to send fifty. My God, my God, so thank you. Kurt. There is a, there's fifty. All right, Bishop William, Bishop William Simpson said he got one day of lunch on you as well. So let, well, let me know exactly. when the cash app start hitting you. There's there's one right there. Uh, did you get it? Yes, sir. All right, cool. All right, Bishop Simpson. Uh, yeah, go go ahead and let's bless Bishop Williams tonight. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm anybody else on here tonight don't don't forget about me tonight be a blessing to him let's take care of his, at least his food this week uh, his, and maybe his gas i think i just helped a little bit uh and uh thank you man you have phenomenal thank you no know, you, you know you like i said i, I listen that, that man put me on a plane i my first thousand dollar sunday he gave it to me i'll never forget and it was all cash uh so all those things <laughs> That he has done for me, I owe him. And I, but I'll call you now every now and then and just sow a seed. You know what I'm saying? Because, Thank you, Doctor. Because I believe in you. Dr. So else is, 
Okay, Rayfield Evans. Okay. 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 Yes, Lord. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 You still there? All right. Good. Thank you. All right. So yeah. So y'all, I thank y'all. Those that are being those that are being obedient to the challenge, and I and he spoke a word over you. Now, when you hear a word, it's your responsibility to sow back into that word. We, if you sow yes, into spiritual Lord. principles, you can re- reap in that area. I'm sowing. I'm sowing. Yes, and, I, and I and I and uh, and I'm gonna sow. I'm gonna sow. And I, and I thank you for coming on tonight. And I pray that uh, you you get a you know get a few dollars to help you Thank get you through this week. Him. I Thank pray. You, uh, did y'all enjoy the show tonight? Did y'all enjoy Bishop Williams? I did. I did, and he will be back soon. I'm gonna have him consult on some other shows. But uh, now we've gotten that handle, and we're good. So I'm about to close out. It's 10:30. I'm hungry, so I need to get over here and get me something to eat and watch this other basketball game. And uh, it's been cool. So. But I, I want to leave out on this note, Bishop. I love you, man. Uh, you, we're gonna we're gonna always be cool. We're gonna until until Thank one you, of us God. check out of here. Thank and, uh, you. And uh, and uh, and and I love you. But listen, y'all remember this. I always say it. The world is changing, hmm. but my question for you is, why do you remain the same? Let's go out like this. And I'm not gonna faint. I walk. I may be in trouble, but I believe I'll walk. I'll walk through the valley, the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. I'm going to walk this thing out. Grab somebody and tell them, let's walk it out. Let's walk it out. Let's walk it out. We may have to cry, but let's walk it out. We may be behind on some bills, but let's walk it out. They may be ridiculing us, but let's walk it out. They may be lying on me, but I believe I'll walk it out. Hallelujah. Tell them I won't stop. My body may be sick. I may have hell in my home, but I believe I'll walk it out. I'll walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Hallelujah. I believe I'll walk it out. Hallelujah. Let me give my report. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tell me I am his own. Now turn. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I got to preach to you. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But I trust. I trust. I trust. I trust. In the Lord. Trust him. This, this is my testimony. The last few weeks, I've gone through hell and high water. I've looked for God and could not find him. 
Hallelujah. I said like Job, if I find God, I would argue with God and say, God, why me? Why all this hell? I saw my brother suffer. Ah, Lord, I travail, Lord, just to obey you. I went to a convention and the devil tried to put me to a shame. My body struggled in my health. I said, God, where are you? Hallelujah. Money got funny. Change got strange. Dollar want to holler, but I'm glad for the visitation of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad that God will, won't he come by? Is there anybody in this church have a visitation that God stopped by? That God stopped by? Won't he come in? And when he come in, he'll rock you in a weary land. When he come in, he'll tell you, fight on, let him laugh at you. But never, let me give my testimony. I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. Hallelujah. I've looked for God in the fire, but he spoke to my ear. Now grab your neighbor and say, be not dismayed. Whatever you face, tell him God will. Pull on him and tell him God will take care of you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he open doors? Won't he do it? Won't God do it? Won't God do it? Won't God do it? Somebody tell him, thank you. Thank you. Yes, he will. No night so dark that he can't hear me. No place I go. Now I ain't playing, now I ain't playing, now. Ha! 